All right, and welcome back to the Dot 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 podcast. Uh, we did it again, Adam. We said we wouldn't go a week, and I think it's been like five five days five has it really i think so time gets away from us but it it does and it doesn't right right i I think a part of that is just adapting to this new norm of of being locked down and and uh the the isolation side of things oddly enough i found myself uh you know making chaos in my own life today and uh (laughs) trying to dig myself out of holes that uh, i should have never should have never climbed in but sometimes you should put the shovel down Right, 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 right. Or or hit yourself upside the head with it so you can <laughs> uh, put yourself out of your misery. Yeah, that might be it. So what, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, I guess just losing track of time, um, apparently. Uh, you know, the groundhog saw its shadow out here, so we have two more weeks in California officially. As of like two days ago, we are officially locked down till May 15th, which, uh, you know, I really see as still being pretty locked down even after that for a while um but uh yeah good just been keeping busy with random projects and lots of we watched tiger king again (laughs) did you see the new episode that came out yesterday oh no is this like the after season episode or something yeah it's like a follow-up it's kind of remember like um did you ever like soup or something yeah did you ever like get into walking dead at all yeah i remember i think i saw about 10 minutes of the the after show of yeah that one the time. talking dead like, okay. yeah, the it, talking dead right it yeah, was a similar cool. similar type of format like right um i forget the guy's name who was hosting it and doing the interviews but he was it joel McHale or something was that who was doing sure it? i don't remember sure yeah sure. a guy that's much better looking and uh much more wealthy than me um right. he yeah he just pretty much sat down and like you know what did how do you guys think that you were portrayed in this and do you think that that joe was guilty and uh, or not joe uh yeah so yeah right right joe yeah so joe the, exotic. You, yeah joe exotic yeah do you think that he was guilty and all that good stuff but it was uh it was kind of entertaining there's a whole lot more teeth in uh in the this last episode than there were in any of the previous episodes because it's like i swear every single one of these guys got their paycheck from this thing and said oh i'm gonna go get some get me some teeth <laughs> oh i'm i'm sure i'm sure I mean, what else, you know, that's something to do, you know? Right. I'm sure they probably saw themselves in the footage and were like, oh, my Lord. Apparently, (laughs) the mirror just doesn't quite do the job. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was there was a shocking, a shocking omission of teeth from the (laughs) the documentary. I don't know that it it wasn't. I don't think that they were omitted. Like, you know, I think the word omitted as in like somebody took them for the filming (laughs) where as as this was just a straight up an absence of teeth right. the, the teeth never <laughs> bothered to show yes. up to no, yes, to something they, they didn't quite they weren't cast for the role apparently uh but yeah i i, I think uh I, I gotta commend you for giving that a second go they literally are the most famous people on the planet right now they're, they're yeah. deeming it to be the most successful documentary in the history of ever i mean at least carol fucking baskins man that bitch down in florida <laughs> <laughs> bitch carol baskin <laughs> i will never financially recover from this <laughs> oh it's oh too good dude it's it, it's it such really a beautiful is, train I mean, wreck watching it the second time was was kind of like even more revealing in ways because i mean since you already know 
you know, it's just like, oh my God, like you, you can kind of, you know, it's not that, I, I don't know, with the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this doesn't look so good, oh, you know, but you don't know what's going to happen. Right. It's just like, you kind of get the feeling that, you know, it's not going to go so hot and then, you know, of course it doesn't, but watching it again the second time around and, you know, obviously everything, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but just being like, oh my God, how could you not see that? this is what was going to happen. I mean, right. to an extent, there were some unexpected things that, you know, were like, oh, that was about that twist, you know? But, um, you know, for the most part, it was like, yo, if you didn't see this coming, a lot of these people were dumber than they, you know than what they I, let on. I can't help but watch it and wonder. So, I mean, back when you and I played in bands and stuff like that, like, we toured through Oklahoma a lot. Like, passed down I-44 a bajillion times. Like, were, did we ever, like, drive past a sign for this zoo and we just missed out probably i mean probably I'm sure chances we are real good i think yeah we, uh, i don't know if it was on the 40 right off the 44 or the 40 i haven't done any research to look up where it is actually um a couple nights ago sarah looked up and said that i think that those animals and all are still there they're still building their you know casino outside or yeah. their zoo outside of the casino so the super trashy guy that wears all the affliction t-shirts he uh Woof. he still works there and so do I, I see I'm horrible with the people's names and so does the like the dude with the long blonde hair the other zookeeper. The, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway. Like yeah. Anyway. So what what have you been noticing about uh, our new world now? Uh it's definitely crazy. Um it's there's just like two schools of thought either like you know I I had to do something at my job the other day. I had to go up there for several hours, actually, which was terrifying. Um, but there's basically a school of thought of either like, man, we got to be really careful. Like, this is crazy. And, you know, like people kind of being perhaps, you know, it's, you know, just basically people being extreme, like alarmist, like, oh my God, like, you know, the post office, you know, might be running out of money and they might close and, you know, um, you know, we might be running, there might be a meat shortage. Like, you know, this could go on for two years, like, right. or it's like, yo, I'm out drinking and fucking bitches. Like all I got to do is take hydroxychloroquine and get a Z pack if I get sick. Like that's literally the two things that I've heard, like exactly that the other day. So I'm not exaggerating on either of those fronts. So um, that's verbatim what I was told by two or three different people. So on one side or the other. So, I mean, that's what I've seen, um, which kind of makes this pretty scary um, because, you know, it only takes a few of the bad actors to keep it going. Um, And other than that, you know, I don't really see anybody. I see, you know, we see people getting on the internet and talking a lot more i've seen you know a lot more netflix i've i see people i see everybody just about everybody in masks um i went to a store sarah and i went to a store the other day uh to grab something we were out of something crucial for something we were making so we had to do it um and there was an altercation between two guys one was like kind of like a group of punk kids and one was a dude probably you know 30 ish like in and around a middle adult age or a young middle adult age and the middle adult age guy was barking at these kids he was like yo like get the fuck away from me like you don't have a mask or gloves on like get away from me like and the kids you know really thought it was funny and i don't know it's just it's interesting there's definitely social dynamic that we don't see because we're not out right very often but man i wonder about those people in the stores like you know i wonder what they see i wish we could get someone like that 
on here because they must see some shit, man. You oh, know? dude, like, yeah. Like, I like I go in. I I went to the store today or not today? Uh, like two days ago, and I wore a mask and gloves, and I was like cleaning everything off and being careful and stuff. And you got like some of these workers that just don't seem to. They're not even batting an eyelash at it. So I, I don't know. I think the other perspective from other people that are out and about is is definitely value added. Uh, like Lacey hasn't gone anywhere in over a month now. Like literally has not been anywhere. And she, um, she. I mean, she's like super heightened sense of awareness with it. Like she's like, oh my gosh, take off your shoes. Don't even think about coming in this house. Well, I'm like, I, like I get your concern, but because I've been out, I'm a little bit more laxed on on my thoughts right. on it so it's just i don't know it is it's weird man it's super strange it's yeah I, and i i go back and forth like some days i'm like you know what like it's probably gonna be you know i look at numbers and i just crunch numbers i'm like okay well if there's so many people are infected then only so many people in my neighborhood have even been have tested you know 113 people in my neighborhood out of you know tens of thousands of people right in the general vicinity like and i'm going to this place you know that's only gonna have so many you know chances are low you know statistically it seems low yeah you've you've turned your life into a stats class (laughs) yeah and then but then you know there's other days where i'm like my god like i was out like three days ago and that one guy like he wasn't wearing a mask and like oh geez you know i was at work the other day and that one dude who thinks you can just do whatever you want like i was in the same room as him like oh god i you know what i mean like you know, I was I was 15 feet away from the guy, and still, it's like, oh no, like I, uh, uh, you know, yeah, dude, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, the 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 scary thing is, you know, like there's a piece of me that's like, I still don't know anybody that has it. You know, the chances of me getting it are slim to right. none. But like you said, you start looking at the demographic in your local area, and you know, I I live in a, a, a essentially it's a city of like 150,000 people or something like that i think right and there's collectively there's like 30 deaths and like 1400 cases or maybe it's like 60 deaths and like i don't know right. it's honestly i don't i don't think enough to like it's like a one percent kind of thing if that like you know maybe half right. of a percent or something like that so right it just doesn't seem to affect me but a lot of that too is because i've completely taken myself out of the equation for the most part you know right i'm not yeah. i'm not making excuses to go places my wife would argue differently but um you know like I've, i'll go to the grocery store like once every 10 days and i went to lowe's to go get some stuff for some home improvement stuff but like mm-hmm. i mean that normally i mean i would do that <laughs> i'd do that three times in a weekend you know <laughs> like right and, yeah sure and now you know just really taking myself out of the equation we stay home we don't interact with anybody so i i think all intents and purposes like we're we're pretty safe um but at the same time these numbers just are not chilling out at all like it's it looks like compounding interest of an investment at this point in time you know like I remember we were like when we first started doing these, we're like, oh my God, there's like a hundred thousand cases worldwide. I'm like, whoopie doo, man, it's a one point nine two million right now. Yeah. You know, right. like we have a hundred and nineteen thousand deaths, not a hundred and nineteen thousand yeah. cases. And right. oh by the way, the USA, there you go. We're always number one, right? Like we're completely crushing in deaths and and actual cases. Like it's not a, a number to brag about, but but my God, man, like we're like we're like essentially like three times as many as the next closest country and um yeah it's just out of control yeah. you know like it's and 
I think, you know, one of the things I want to hear your opinion on is, you know, definitely you can go down the, the political rabbit hole. A lot of people are talking the politics, like who, who do you blame with this? Right. Um, that's, I get a little frustrated with that because I'm like blaming somebody and having a fall guy doesn't necessarily get us any closer to solving the problem, but I understand the, the human psyche with it, that they, they, somebody needs to hang for this in the, in the eyes of the of humanity. They just kind of think that way. Um, but I don't know the, the blame game, the blame game is super annoying. The political side of it is super annoying. And I feel like we're just desensitizing ourselves from the numbers. Now, um, one of the big things I thought about the other day was when Italy, like what I guess it's been like two, three weeks now, Italy was having these astronomical numbers, 600 dead in a day, 700 dead in a day. I mean, they're doing 600 dead in a day now. You know, they were doing a lot more than that. They were doing. Well, more importantly, like our media was touting about that. Like, look how bad things are in Italy. They have 700 dying, but now we're having like 2000 a day die lately. Right. And it's not even making headlines. Like they're just trying to be like, oh, 157 so far today. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, we're, uh, we're, we think we're flattening the curve. It looks like it's really happening. I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to say anything about the 2000 lives that perished, you know, (laughs) like, come on. Yeah. No, it's, that's, it's been strange. I mean, they've, I mean, we knew, and it's been said for a long time though, however, the, the death, the number of deaths is going to increase after the number of diagnosis right it's always going to follow yeah it's going to follow so but i mean you know that's still not all that wonderful to think about i mean we're not even all the way through the day and we've already added twenty three thousand more cases so i mean you know like that's i I don't know it's i mean by tomorrow uh, you know pretty early on uh i you know basically by this time tomorrow, we expect to have over 600,000 cases mm. um, in the U.S. So, uh, the, I guess it comes down, you know, yeah, the Dude, blame we'll game. Dude, we'll be, I bet, I'll bet you we'll be at 600,000 by midnight. And it's, no, for I mean, reference, it's 4 numbers, p.m. Right. Um, most of the numbers that are going to be in for the day will be in in the next uh, five hours. So yeah, but uh, people that die don't die just during business hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that yeah, at- yeah I re- I realize that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect it's going to be tomorrow. I, I mean, I'm sure there's already there's already six hundred thousand out there. Of course, we're just you know confirmed confirmed. You know, we don't know, right? But um, yeah, no, I mean, and it's not. This isn't going to go anywhere for uh, for a long. <laughs> For long, I, that here's here's my biggest fear. I guess is like we've been through this whole thing now, where like this has been, we've kind of gone through the worst of like the utter and immediate shock of what this is. Okay, we've been through the worst of that. Unfortunately, this was just like you know how you light a match and there's that initial like you know like the first yeah. bright flicker. Like that's all that was, and this match is gonna burn for a while because I mean this is really just the beginning because now we're gonna be living with this for a while, mm-hmm. um, and that provides and when you, when you talk about the blame game that provides a lot of time and a lot of perspective to smear the blame around all over the place. For example. Directly before you and I got on the phone, I was watching an interview, uh, like a ABC like morning interview or something with Dr. Fauci from 
February 29th. Okay. Okay. And he's talking about how, you know, we have cases, you know, in the United States right now, your chances of, you know, getting it are very small. There's no need right now to change the way you live your life, but that could very, that could change very drastically very soon. But, you know, even at the time, you know, it wasn't his thought to say, or, or maybe he was directed to say, it. I don't know, but the, the, the direction that he gave was don't change anything right now. You know, it's don't do any, you don't have to do anything different, but that could change. So, you know, you have to wonder like, well, you know, was he directed? Was that really, truly his opinion to say it was, you know, he directed to say that. So there wasn't a panic. Did he, um, did he really believe that? Did he, what, what kind of data did he have? Like it, you know, who, who do you blame? Even with people with the greatest intentions can make the wrong decision. And, uh, you know, based on poor information or just lack of, you know, insight into the topic or whatever. Um, I mean, blame goes, blame goes a long way here. And, 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 but once again, like I said, this, this is the beginning and we're going to see a lot more things. You and I, I spoke to you yesterday morning just on the phone about, you know, there being like a possible breakdown in, in like the supply chain, um, right. just because as, as this thing continues to grow and spread, you know, it's impossible to believe that essential workers won't be affected by this. Like it's just, oh, it's impossible. It's, com- it's completely irrational to think that. So and you, and especially like a special, like I'm not trying to downplay what um, the essential workers have done now, but there are a lot of people who can be trained to operate a cash register pretty quickly um, yep. to cook a hamburger pretty quickly to deliver said hamburger pretty quickly. What you can't train somebody very quickly on is something like a truck driver or, um, a meat plant processing worker. I mean, I don't know. Right. I don't know anything about that. I'm sure some of those positions can be filled. But that that proves readily. its point. You don't know anything about those things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't. But I know that there's truck driving schools. I know there's not cash register schools. Right. You know, so like I know you can't just throw anybody in an 18 wheeler and be like, all right, this is getting from Lexington to Dallas and you got to be there in 17 hours, you know, so um, and, and today. And so I spoke to you yesterday and I said that I not once had I seen um a front page article on Reddit about like a meat shortage or a supply chain shortage. Um, but as a precaution, I was going, I went yesterday to the store to buy over like 25 pounds of meat. Cause I'm, <laughs> what'd you get? <laughs> well, I got a really good deal on chicken, you know, so I bought a whole <laughs> bunch of chicken. I bought like 12 pounds of chicken. I bought six pounds of Turkey. Um, I, I don't, I bought a whole, I bought some ribs. I bought some other shit. I don't know. Um, we're, so we're stocked now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but today I got on Reddit and one of the stories was about a pork manufacturer in Canada. That's, that's, that's shutting down its factory. And it talked, it linked and talked about like several other plants who are having to close for, you know, different days at a time. And, you know, with, 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 uh, restaurants being closed, like, you know, there's a lot of food waste. So like, what do we do with that food? Can we redirect it somewhere? But right. Can we do it even with people getting sick and how truck drivers are starting to get sick and, you know, be laid off from certain companies in different ways. Like there's going to be disruption and this is just the beginning of it. I was watching Cuomo's statement earlier, um, from today. And he's talking about, you know, eventually we will have to start opening things back up and we're going to do it little by little. That's what they're going to do in New York in conjunction with Connecticut, New Jersey. But I mean, it's irrational and just 
frankly ignorant to think that no matter what you do, there is nothing you can do about this until we have a vaccine. And furthermore, let's say we got a vaccine in 24 hours. Let's say a miracle happened and, you know, there was a vaccine available tomorrow. Okay. We've been testing 100,000 people a day in the United States for the past several days. You know, that would take 10 years to vaccine or to give everybody in the United States a test at a hundred thousand people a day. Well, it would take 10 that, well years. that, that drives the point. Like is the, the question then is, do you only vaccinate those who test positive or do you just vaccinate everybody? Well, I would say vac- everybody I mean, at this point. I mean, do you, va- I don't think you vaccinate somebody for the flu when they have the flu, you have to get it ahead of time. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole point. So you don't even vaccinate the people who have it. We also don't know if once you have it, you are immune from getting it again. There have been right. cases popping up again in South Korea from people who had it recovered and now they're testing positive for it again. So check There's out also check know, out this study out of Sweden or Iceland today that said that half their population, you know, is asymptomatic but has it now that the study's a little loose and it's a little broad but you know that's still not a number that somebody would just throw around willy-nilly you know what i mean um, right. even california said that if we lift the sanction the the restrictions too early 96 percent of the population of california will be infected by august that's a huge number so here check out this logic like this is the thing that that kind of freaks me out about this. This is this is the thing that, that stamps it in my mind that this is not going away anytime soon. You know, there is a, in America, there is a defined flu season. I don't know what months it is, but it's pretty much like, hey, it's cold-ish out and this is when it's going to happen, or like the early spring, right? And then it goes away. It's not a thing year round. But we, with this particular disease, we are looking, we're already at six months and we're projecting it to go several more months. So that second wave that everybody keeps talking about, dude, it's like, it's getting ready to get started. Like just seasonally speaking, you're, if you're at six months of this being a known thing and it's spreading, it doesn't care about climate or temperature or anything like that yet that we can tell they've talked about it. Like, Oh, we think it's going to go away whenever it gets hot outside. Well, tell that to people in Singapore where it is. I think we've already talked about this where it is balls ass hot all the time. Yep. Um, you know, you, you hot. do have, yeah, like crazy hot. Like I've been there and you just sweat buckets. Like you can't, you can't help it. Um, but I just don't see this being a thing that goes away or it being a seasonal flu. I think to, to associate it with something seasonal is, is the dangerous side of it. I think this is just a, a germ that wants to attach to, uh, you know, to human life and see what it can do and it doesn't care if it's hot cold you know yeah it may be less less communicable in in cooler climates or warm but i from what i can tell and what i'm guessing i don't think it cares man i think it's gonna no. in any way shape form or fashion so you look at that and you're like okay well we're six months into this term it might chill out right now because we're doing social distancing but it's not chilling out because of climate change or you know uh you know changes in seasons um, right. so therefore, you know, like you, you literally are, everybody is just like you said, it's kind of like we all need to wait out the vaccine before we actually know that we can return to a normal, what we knew to be normal life. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, th- that's what it's going to take. I mean, it's going to, you know, that's it. You know what I mean? Like there's, 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 n- there's no way, uh, there's no other way around it. There's no, well, maybe we can do this and maybe we can do that. Like, yeah, like we can do certain things and, we can try to do this and 
we can try to do that, but the bottom line is extremely simple. And it's just, there's nothing you can do until there's a vaccine. That's it. There's nothing else. Like you can't do anything else. Um, I know like, I mean, South America is going to take a big hit off this and that's, that's something that we can really, you know, kind of pay attention to. I know like Ecuador is just, I mean, they're, uh, their mor their morgue system are like just places. I mean, it's compl- already it's just completely overrun. Like, like com- completely. Right. Like, you know, and they don't even. Uh, let's see what their numbers are. I, I can't even. Seventy five hundred cases. Which, well, In I Ecuador. mean, th- that number is kind of irrelevant unless you know what the population is. Um, well, I mean, Ecuador is a tiny country. It's not, right. I'll just find out. Um, so like, yeah, let's just see the population of Ecuador is 17 million. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Like they have, they have a pretty small population. Like, I don't know. Like what I'm saying is like, it's going to be pretty hot there pretty soon. And like, we're going to see what happens there. It's about to be, you know, basically summer, in most of the United States, like it didn't seem to be slowing down in Australia um, last month or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be pretty warm down there right now. Like, yeah, Singapore was is a sweltering butthole like all the time, and it was they had no problem like spreading there. So I don't think it's going anywhere. You yep. know what I mean? Like, I think we just have to sit and take it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you it, you're really you're waiting on one of two things. You're waiting to, I guess. Uh, you know, my understanding is if you, you had it and you've recovered your body, your body has enough antibody in it that you can go back about your daily life and, and be unscathed theoretically. Right. So you either have those natural antibodies or you get them by means of a vaccination. So that's the solution for everybody worldwide right now is kind of the way it looks, but you've got a lot of itchy people that are like, you know what, man, I want to get back to life. And to some of those people, like I get it. Like I, I do, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, but I think that there, there's some reckless thought in that because you're not thinking about, I don't know that I, I think there's, I think there's a little naivety there that you, that it's just going to bounce off of you and it's going to, you're going to be one of those, Oh, I didn't realize I had it, but I guess I'm, I had it at some point in time. There are cases like that out there and there's also well, and, the surprise, yeah. like I saw an article the other day that was like a father and his 20 year old son. Uh, died three days apart, both mm-hmm. infected with coronavirus. You're like, oh my god, man! A 20 year old kid and and his, you know, I'm I'm assuming, you know, his 40, 40 to 60 year old dad. You know, like right. that. That's those are both both those age groups are beneath what they're saying the the demographic for death or you know like the target audience for death is so to speak. So you're like, man, those are that's a sad story and. I don't want to be one of those statistics. No. It's crazy how it's unpredictable, too, like whether or not it's going to hit you really hard or it's not. But to go back to what you said at first, like even if you have had the virus and you were asymptomatic, it doesn't mean that you aren't shedding. There isn't enough data yet to say how long after you have you know, been infected that you will stop shedding the virus. And, you know, it's so virulent that it sheds easily and, you know, and spreads quickly. So it really does, like, it seems to me like opening up at all is only for the benefit of like psychological 
you know, satisfaction because until you can test everybody, you and you and you don't have facts about how long somebody's gonna be shedding. How can you safely open anything? Like that's so, what I don't understand. I'll give I'll give like a a really weird analogy, but I I tie this to. You know, there are there are smart decisions and then there's those decisions that probably aren't so smart and they were they were motivated by the wrong intention, right? I'm familiar with the latter. Yeah. <laughs> so uh I have two children. I have a nine year old daughter and I have a six year old son, and they mean the world to me. They are the best things in my life. And you know, it's like pizza. You know, what, what's better than one slice of pizza Two, right? So me and my wife, we look at, we looked at, okay, how many more kids do we want to have at two? We were like, okay, we got two kids. Do we want to have another, you know, any woman's going to get that little baby fever. It's like, oh, I want a baby. I love babies. And you're like, okay. And I'm sitting there going, oh man, me too. I'd, I'd love, you know, another one. I love, I love my kids. I'd, I'd, I'd love five more. I'd love six more, but guess what? For our household, it just doesn't make sense. So I think a lot of the decisions that are being made right now, people really need to be smart and evaluate those. These just don't make sense. Reopening, what's that? What's the motivation behind that? Is that something tugging at your heartstrings that you just miss the way things were? You miss those conveniences? Or is it because it's a really, really smart thing because we're going to benefit in some way? If it doesn't contribute to fighting the virus or keep helping you sustain a isolated type of stance... I would argue that it is of no value. Therefore, we don't need to open anything. I get it would be nice if we could all go, you know, to stores and, you know, look at the hobby items that we have or, uh, you know, go out to restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But every single one of those, those, uh, those transactions become a transaction for you to, uh, to pass on or to it's receive a transaction of risk, right? It becomes an action of risk. So that's why I, I tie it to, it's just not the smart decision to make. And so many people are so hung up on it right now. Like, Oh, I just want to get back to the way things were because they don't know how to answer those tough questions. I've been asking the question going like back to my kids, like, Hey, um, so you haven't canceled school yet and that's fine. I, I get it. You, you're not prepared to make that statement, but is anybody thinking about what you're going to do if you do have to cancel schools like permanently for like some states have right. done it. The state I live in has not yet done it. So do you just pencil whip, you know, my, my son's first grade education say, uh, he finished most of first grade. He's ready for second grade now. Right. You know, do you do the same with my third grade daughter? Do you do the same with like a high school senior? You know, like some of the, the high school graduates, they have scholarships lined up and everything to go to colleges and that's contingent on them successfully graduating high school, but they have spent the last two months, you know, in isolation, not fulfilling, um, you know, those milestones that need to be achieved. So like the SATs, right? Yeah. A you bunch of them I mean? can't go test. Yeah. Like a bunch of them and more, I mean, the education thing that you bring up is, uh, I mean, I can actually speak to this a little bit, not because I am seeking any sort of educational, uh, experience right now, but, um, Sarah is take she's been taking online classes for a while now, like a few years. She's finishing up a degree and you know, so she it's not she hasn't been impeded, but you know, a lot of school and or a lot of education of uh uh facilities, my institutions. God, are, institutions, that's what I was looking for, thank you, are still just kind of adopting the status quo. Now We've been in quarantine for a month, I think. Yeah, this week. This week will be a month. 
um, it was when the California lockdown started and Missouri had it, I don't know, a couple weeks after that. Well, like, so she's had nothing but time to do schoolwork, right? Right. Well, the school won't let her, like, none of her teachers or classes will allow her to do any extra work. They won't let her work ahead. They won't let her do anything. Like, what, why not? Like, why can't, she's a full-time student. Why can't she go to school full-time and, like, do what she needs to do? Like, I have a, I have a, I guess my point is, I w- they're going to close schools. They're going to have to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's absolutely done. So, But nobody has a plan of what to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, like, you can't just keep moving at the same pace you were doing it when everybody was in the same class. You have to totally throw out the game book and come up with a new with a new plan. And I don't know if anybody's doing that. They're certainly not doing it in at the Institute of Higher Education she is currently attending. No, God no. You know? So, you know, I don't... That, that's the thing. Like, obviously, nobody planned for any of this. Clearly, so, so I'm nobody gonna, planned for uh, anything. So let me say this about education, first of all, just to kind of, like, establish my bias. So higher education, as it used to be known as, and it still tries to be known as, is a joke. It's a complete and total joke. This this coming from, you it know. It really I, is. I have, a, I have a bachelor's degree, and I'm currently working on my master's degree. But it's a joke. Um it doesn't mean what it used to mean. You know, I, I think my, my dad's generation, even my sister, my sister's only five years younger than me or four and a half years younger than me. And, um, older, right? It meant, or sorry, older than me. My bad. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, no. So even her generation, you know, four and a half years apart there, that generation valued a college degree. Like you, you went to college uh, straight out of high school, you got a piece of paper and it said, hire me. And, and a company said you're worth 50 or $60,000 a year. And that's where you got your start. And technology changed things so much that that, that effort that it took to get that college degree is not impressive to anybody anymore. Cause there's no, there's no track record behind it. It says, Oh wow, you went to school. Um, but what, what work performance do you have? How well do you get along with others? What kind of creative ideas and solutions and money saving? And you know, what, what, how do you perform that? That is not captured in a college education. So, but at least it's expensive, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I joke around that, you know, my blood alcohol content was just as high as my GPA, uh, for my bachelor's degree, because I would sit there and drink four five, six beers and, and be, just the most clairvoyant individual on the planet and write some really insightful papers that would even surprise me in the morning. Um, (laughs) and, but, and I, and I did all that from the comfort of my home and, you know, usually just wearing boxers or something like that. You know, there's that, that age old adage, I did it from the couch in my boxers, you know, and it's just, it's not impressive to anybody anymore, but that is part of that is because education has been devalued by the need of of the industry, but more than anything, these schools are just diploma mills. They're just, yep. Do your online class, do your discussion boards. Here's your grade. Move on. Best of luck to you. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, I get it. Like I know I'm part of, you know, feeding the education industry, um, you know, being active duty military, my, my school, you know, fortunately, thank you to the taxpayer is paid for by the taxpayer. Um, but, at the same time, I, I don't think you can classify education to adults as you can to children. I think there is a 
a responsibility that people in government have to to get it right for children because that's paid for by the taxpayers as well. Um, you know, when you start looking at adult higher higher learning, uh, that those are businesses. You know, they can be they can claim .org all day long, but tell me that you know all the like the Big Ten schools that draw off of you know their NCAA sports and all that kind of stuff. Those are businesses. So, um, but I think I think lawmakers and and people in government owe us an answer with with what they're going to do to educate our children. And I feel like all I've seen is this stimulus package. That was the the main goal was to sort that all out, which I've got some opinions on that, as well as now it's turning into you know who, the blame game, which is completely driven by it being an election year. So I don't know. I'm I'm infuriated with it. Like that's fine. If you want to cancel school, please do. Let's just be honest about it. But let us know what the plan is moving forward. Yeah, nobody has a plan. Um, I think that's been readily apparent since the beginning of this. Is just nobody has preparation for it for anything and that's and i guess that's what scares me that's what comes back to the beginning of like this this really is just the beginning of you know this is just the shock the shock is now wearing off and to some degree at least or, or people are so isolated that you know they're they're insulated from it um so they don't understand like what's happening and people are going to get restless. You know, people, people aren't going to be able to work. People aren't going to be able to do the things they're used to doing. This, this is going to, this is really good. This is the beginning of the problem. Really? Like we had a, you know, we had, you know, the, we've already had the spark. Now the fire is going to burn and it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be like a coal fire. You know what I mean? It's going to take a long or a tire fire. You know what I mean? It's going to burn real hot <laughs> tire and fire. it's going to burn for a long time. Like, it's just, it's going to be real messy. It's going to be real dirty. Um, and uh, I don't even think we've seen the worst that's going to happen yet as far as, you know, the aftermath of this initial shock. Because once again, like we've discussed before, like we're throwing all of our resources at this or that and the other. And what about a tornado, a flood, a hurricane, an earthquake, you know, a volcano, for God's sakes. The, you know, the <laughs> the Krakatoa, like, was spewing lava the other day. Um that's terrifying. You know what I mean? There was a, um, a tornado uh, like 60 miles from my house uh, yesterday in Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, no damaged kidding. 300 homes. I think it killed like five or six people. Uh, yeah, wow. dude. It was bad. Like <laughs> We had some really rough weather here. Um, and yeah, those kind of catastrophes are going to happen. But going back to my analogy of, you know, like the choosing, you know, the smart choice versus, you know, the impulsive choice, right? So- you go to that analogy of, of me and my wife deciding that two kids is enough. Does that mean that like every once in a while we're not like, Oh man, are we sure? You know, if, so if we just decided, Oh, you know what? Let's, let's go ahead and have a third kid. Like we, we, we had a lapse in judgment, right? IE opening the government up wide open. Once, once that is, once that's happened, then you have to pay that price for the rest of your life, you know, right to do it premature. You make that bad. You have that lapse of judgment and you're like, Oh man, you know, would I be happy to have that third kid? Yeah. Would I be happy to have my life back to normal? Yeah. But what now, what, what is, what's associated with that third kid or that premature opening of the government? You know, you have, God only knows, man. Like I, I, I can so like let that snowball into something big and massive really quickly. You know, like 
the the continued uh, spread of a disease that we don't even really completely understand. There's still all sorts of we think statements being made every single day when the task force brief, uh, briefs. We think it looks like we're assuming all that kind of stuff. There's very little that they are. We are 100% certain that this is how this is going to this is going to go. We don't have any experts with this thing yet. Well, it's going to come down to two things: how much people trust the government and how much personal responsibility people want to take for themselves. And I guess those go hand in hand. Um, maybe it's really just one thing. Like, you know, how much do you trust yourself and your own judgment versus what the government tells you? Right. Um, you know, also, who's who's going to open this thing back up? This has been a point of contention that I've seen. Um, Trump has said that, he tweeted yesterday that it was not up to governors to decide when the economy would open back up, that he was the final authority on that. However, it was completely up to the governors to decide when to close up. When to close they, up, yeah. If they, if they chose to do that. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a constitutional attorney. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, we're fairly aware that he isn't either, but I, that's what I don't understand is I think I, he, I mean, he's, he's going to be the one who takes the risk. He's going to be the one who makes the life changing decision for hundreds of millions of people. It is the most important decision he will have ever made in his entire life. Right. Um, and I think he's going to make it. I think he's going to make a big, bold, brash move. Um, and because I think that he thinks that there's going to be a big market recovery and it's going to last just long enough to get through the election, you know, he's basically gambling. Oh, completely. Um, he's completely gambling. Which comes um, back down to what is the motivation? Is the motivation to do the smart thing and the right thing with a health concern or is it just to, to get the economy back open? Because I mean, I was, I was like you said, yes, it's just money. Just the same as you said that he has, you know, he has the authority to decide. He has the authority to decide, but that doesn't make people leave their homes. If the president says all clear tomorrow, guess who's not going out tomorrow? <laughs> Me. Right. Yeah. And and millions of other families because there are people out there that, that recognize and respect this for what it is and we will exercise caution accordingly. I know for a fact if they called all clear anytime in the next 30 days, my wife is still not going to leave the house and she still will not let the kids go out in public. My kids haven't been in public in almost six weeks. You know, well, that's that's what's really frustrating about not having a unified front, a unified message, a unified, you know, idea that we're all in this together. Because, like I said, you have two groups of people, those who, you know, believe that we got to be careful and those that believe it doesn't fucking matter. And so for the people who are let's say let's say we are split 50 50 down the middle there's three let's say there's 300 million americans 150 million americans uh million americans think that everything's terrible and 150 million think there's nothing to worry about democratic hoax okay mm -hmm. if you let everybody loose right now and 150 stay home and 150 go out and go crazy those 150 are all going to start infecting, <laughs> infecting each other and doing that kind of thing, which makes the people who were disciplined and intelligent suffer longer. You know what I mean? Uh, well, and it, and it, make, it makes it worse for everybody because as the numbers go back up, they're going to reclose things, which is worse long term. You know, so play again, play this scenario in your head, right? Let's I mean, obviously, your your job situation is uh, is unique 
in itself, but let's just think about the average person that works in an office building, you know, nine to five, uh, you know, somebody like our, our good friend, Sammy, right? Sammy, if you're listening, what up, bro? Hey, um, Sammy. uh, you know, he has a, a pretty, I guess, I, I don't know, want to call it typical because it's not typical for every American, but he has, you know, what I'm assuming to be that, you know, that office environment job Monday through Friday, uh, you know, business hours, right? And let's pretend that somebody like that has been told, go home uh, and, and telework. You're going to work from home um, until further notice. So then the president gets online and it says, all clear. And everybody, you give that scenario, like you just said, of 150 people stay, 150 people go, what about the people that don't have the option to exercise that stay at home? They're like, well, my employer bought off on what the president said. And they said, if I want to keep, if I want to keep my job, I have to come in now. So now they're well, being, I mean, they're being forced to do it. So you may have the intention of 150 people that want to stay in, but keep in mind that the government is trying to rush people back into comfort, which yeah, increases I mean, the demand for people to be at their jobs. And then they, now people don't have those options. It's kind of like they were talking about, uh, I guess they were saying that like, businesses could be defined or could be fined by um, making workers work without PPE. So more or less, like if, if you're going to expect me to walk around pushing carts in from Walmart, if I worked at Walmart and my job is to go out and get the carts, if you can't provide me some way to clean those carts or protect myself from those carts and the germs that might be on those carts, uh, you're in violation. Right. So if somebody, if a, if the government is going to say all clear, everybody go back to work and somebody doesn't feel comfortable, they want to exercise extra caution. If, you know, but a, a company could hold that, they could leverage that over the person and just say, Hey, well, if you want to keep your job, you got to come in and be like, well, I don't feel like it's safe yet. What are you doing to, for, to look out for my safety in my workplace? Well, uh, we haven't really given any thought to that. We need to get back to work. You know, well, I mean, first of all, you, you're reaffirming my point of, you know, there has to be some unification here. There, absolutely. there just has to be. Um, but there isn't. And there apparently is not going to be. Um, there hasn't been unification from the beginning um, at all. We, you know, we also have to consider I, I, I would like to consider the Trump has said in his addresses, and this hopefully is factual, that it will be a slow reopen. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do not doubt that he will try to open it up to businesses and let them operate at 25 to 30 percent capacity i mean those seem like low enough numbers i guess i'm not uh, you know i don't know um but you know i I don't know it's a bold move cotton um and i just uh i don't know and for the people who you know their work mandates they return uh with or without PPE, like, I don't really know what to say about that. I can't, I can't imagine being in that situation. It seems complete, I mean, completely, I mean, life's unfair. Ha ha ha. We all get it. It sucks. But I mean, that's just, you know, you're asking somebody to put themselves at risk and possibly put their family, their loved ones, their roommates, their neighbors, who care, you know, it doesn't matter what the association is. You're, you're, you're putting the public at risk, at risk, at risk, you know, in general. <laughs> what happened to you there? <laughs> you just slipped into Titan mode. Um, just happens sometimes. Oh God. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. Just happens. <laughs> um, 
sometimes. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't. I don't know what to do about that. Um, th- there, there's there's a lot of things. Like, I mean, honestly, once again, like uh, the virus part, like the getting sick part anymore, like doesn't even frighten me nearly as much anymore as everything else that's that's happening. You know, like there's there's the huge problem with oil between russia and saudi arabia and mexico and the united states you know oil is still at 22 dollars a barrel or something and yeah you know the 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 production of that is going to drop drastically which is going to affect jobs numbers everywhere which is going to affect you know they want to bring the price back it's going to affect the price of that but then you know if you do have breakdowns in any sort of supply chain that's going to cause problems it's going to cause food prices to go up and I don't know of anybody who's gotten that $1,200 yet. You know what I mean? I don't know how fast unemployment checks are going out so, from different states to you know to people. California seems to be on top of it, but I so don't the know money, how Louisiana or Michigan is handling it, you know? So the money for the stimulus, get this one. Apparently, I, I need to find an article that, that completely solidifies this, but it completely makes sense, um, is that this is essentially an advance on your 2020 taxes. So- not meaning taxable income, but let's say that you're the type of person that, you know, that gets like $3,000 back at the end of the year. Um, if, if you were to fall in the right bracket and that's your, that's your end of year, your tax settlement there, it's like three grand a year, right? This year, if you get 1500 in this stimulus, you're, you have to pay that back essentially. So at right. the end of the year, you're not going to get what, what you're hoping for. So right. it, it really makes you wonder all you did was it's an advance, the government, which is smart, you know, looking at, you know, the way the government works, it shouldn't just be a handout because then it devalues the dollar completely. Um, so, but I, I think that is another side of things that people need to be cautious with. I know I've seen, you know, you see stuff on like little joking memes on, uh, online of you know things that people want to do with their their stimulus you know like i follow like some ridiculous hashtags on on uh instagram you know like barbecue stuff and you know this grill company that i like and you know it's like ooh, about to buy me a new you know two thousand dollar grill with my stimulus check like people want to blow it on fun stuff but if you ever account for any of that kind of money as part of your income for the year um I know I do, you know, at the end of the year, I'm always like, Oh, cool. We're going to get that. Like, I think of it as like an end of year bonus check, so to speak. Um, it helps me, you know, settle up some things or, you know, resolve some things, whatever. Um, I think that's something that people need to really be aware of because once that money starts dropping, which uh, they say that it's starting to happen now, I don't, I think it's by the middle of next week, they expect everybody should have it. So, Hmm. um, I've heard that there are businesses finish your thought real quick go ahead no 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 you're good it wasn't like a complete thought it's just i think um one of the things actually i will say something one of the things you said was that the virus isn't really so much the thing that scares you anymore it's all the other crap that's going on in the world and to that i will say same because that that virus is going to do what it's going to do end of story what is like, what is a man, what is a human being capable of doing? You know, like there's all those, like those lines of, you know, that you hear about what things that happen in war, you know, like the, the horrible things that a human being can do to another human being. I I feel like this is in a weird way, like they've been saying it's as a war, this is a war, it's a war, but it ends up becoming 
us fighting each other out of fear of what that thing can do. And I think that is truly the most scary thing is how is life going to change? Who's going to try to one up one person, uh, or get a leg up on somebody or take advantage of a situation because of the way the world has changed because of this. I mean, every, everybody is going, that's the thing. Like it seemed like, and you know, I could be wrong. I wasn't there, but it seemed like during times of national strife before, uh, whether it be 9-11, the Kennedy assassination, World War II, the Great Depression, there was a sense of like unity. There was a sense of, you know, some sort of national pride and, you know, we will, you know, we will get through this together. We and will overcome. Is, yeah. And that has not been, that does not seem to be a strong point. And I, I am not trying to beleaguer the point I was making earlier. It just, there isn't that unity. Everybody's going to do that. We were at a store the other day and we saw that they were selling 12 ounce bottles of hand sanitizer for $12. Now I know some people have been paying substantially more for it than $12, but a dollar an ounce for hand sanitizer is robbery i mean it is it is astronomical that's ludicrous you know everybody is out for themselves on this one it seems like um you know just like you know people in their toilet paper or their lysol wipes or whatever man like everybody's just trying to get everything they can because there isn't any unity (laughs) you know there is no there doesn't seem to be a plan nobody knows what anybody's capable of because nobody knows what to do because there is no plan we don't have i mean the enemy is common but because of a lack of unity, it's turning everybody, it's, it's become political, you know, and people are going to turn on each other. People, there, there isn't any, like, there's no safety, you know, the one uh, one thing that, the one thing I am seeing unity in, uh, and it, and I think it's where you decide to look and who you try to integrate with and who you try to interact with is I, I, I see it a little bit in people that take pride it's not so much on a, it's like our world's shrunk, so to speak, in that I, I see more pride in a local level, meaning that like I'm, I'm more prone to support a local business right now than anything else. Sure. If I can, you know, like there's uh, because I feel like that is going to pay, it's going to pay dividends. Right. So, I know that my neighbor that does, you know, whatever service, if I, I could pay him to do that, that's going to help him maintain his property value, which indirectly helps me maintain mine. So I would rather give him the money to do the service that he performs than for me to go and give it to a big box store. Um, you know, and you see a lot of that. You're helping people along. Um, I we have, I mean, you and I collectively have a, a handful of friends that own small businesses and stuff like that. And it, mm-hmm. it does my heart good to see that they have customers that are supporting them over over taking the easy route of ordering it on Amazon in some in some right. cases. You know, so um, like one of Lacey's best friends, she owns a business, and uh, Lacey's like, hey, I need to. I already need to buy this product. It's time for me to, you know, resupply this product. I'm going to buy it from, from my friend. Um, it's a little bit more money, but I know that it's helping support her and I get what I need. And I was like, eh, sounds like a no brainer, you know, don't, you know, don't buy some inferior product that helps support some, some globally massive company that has no loyalty to help their people. Sure. Go ahead and give it to our friend that we know is going to help keep her afloat. Even if only just for, 
you know, a little bit, you know, it gives her right. a, a little bit of comfort. Um, right. So I, and I think, I think a lot of people need to think a little bit, uh, less globally in that regard, like do what you can at your local level. Um, look around you. What can you support locally? What can you support around you? Because those are the things that are going to give back to you when the time comes. The big companies right. and all that kind of stuff, that's not going to happen. Um, right. It's just too big, too complicated, too convoluted. And, you know, those boundary lines of of the way things are controlled at, you know, federal and state level government, do what you can to help the help your neighbor. And I think people will end up on top in that regard. Um, well, but, I mean, I don't know. I just haven't seen, I, I mean, I see a lot of people at the big stores. I don't see a lot of people at little stores. People don't like, it's a herd mentality. People don't think like that. I mean, typically I don't think people by and large think like that. People are pretty well, you know, content with thinking like, well, I got to go to Walmart. I, like I won't yeah. look anywhere. I don't go anywhere else. You know what I mean? They, they don't, they don't even think about somewhere else to go. They think, well, if Walmart's out everywhere, it must be out, you know? And that's a pretty stupid way to look at it. Right. But that's how a lot of people look at it. They don't look at, you know, they don't want to spend a few more bucks to go to Trader Joe's or actually sometimes less or, or, you know, just because of the stigma of a place or just because they're not comfortable with it. People don't want to get out of their comfort zones, especially not at a time that is already so uncomfortable. True. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, I hope people do that. I, I mean, I like I, I've said in I think all of our podcasts, I've been pretty happy with how California seems to be handling it. Like It is impressive. It is it, pretty I, I think it's you know. it's super impressive how well California is doing numbers wise when everybody expected it to be a wasteland. The, I mean, oh, just yeah. the 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 makeup of of LA and San Francisco alone should lend itself to complete and total destruction with this. You know, you have yeah. you have uh, you have really high poverty rates in both places. Uh, I noticed uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about. Um, the socioeconomic, uh, you know, categorization almost that, that this has, has targeted, uh, you know, people with lower incomes and things like that, because I don't, whatever it is, it, you know, the lack of hygiene that's associated with being poor, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, cause I don't want to stereotype anything, but it has all, it has been identified that people of a, a lower socioeconomic status, um, have a higher risk of of getting this and yeah of course you know and and you look at those big cities yeah there's great wealth in la but there is also you know great poverty um yeah i mean the median income of somebody in hollywood is thirty seven thousand dollars a year a year yeah that's like nothing that's that's insane i mean if you you, if you if anybody that's listening and you only make you know you you make less than thirty seven thousand. Either you know what we're saying, and we're not trying to 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 stab anybody for for where they're at, but especially in L.A., where you know the the cost of living is higher, and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna live a little bit of a rougher. It's gonna be harder for you. I mean, to give you an example, our rent that we pay here, which is way too high, I agree, but our rent here is twenty nine thousand dollars per year. Yeah. That's just rent, you know just what I mean. Rent, yeah. So not utilities, that, food. Yeah, yeah. That's anything. that's. I mean, that's not utilities or anything else. So you know, add anything else to it, and you're you're out of money real quick. Right. So, 
Um, and that's, that's all over Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Los Angeles really, I mean, there's tons of wealth here, but it's mostly, you know, obviously by just a few people, you know, be, you know, the average income in Bel Air is 121,000. Well, you can live on that even in LA, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, the Bel Air estates, Beverly Glen neighborhood is almost 200,000. You know, there's, there's plenty of wealth, but it's just not where you'd think. I mean, I guess it is where you'd think it would be, but it's, you know, it's not spread around. There's just the people who have it and everyone else who doesn't. And yes, it, of course, it's going to disproportionately hit people with lower income because if you have low income, you probably don't have insurance since it's not mandated anymore, um, which means you don't, you might not be aware of any underlying health problems that you might have that would make you more susceptible to this. Right. Typically, people in lower income with lower income are less healthy regardless of medical care, but just because they spend money on food that is less healthy for them. Uh, you know, high sugar drinks and fast food and high fat content, high sodium content food. Um, I mean, th- th- that's going to happen with anything. I mean, it's always going to be like that. There's no so, way. So what, what time frame are you, you said LA is still their, their current like uh, stay-at-home order was extended to May fifteenth. May fifteenth. Yeah. So one more month. What do you what What do you What do you see happen? And I think that not obviously everywhere in the states, but I think that's kind of where everybody's on an average they're at right now. Um, you know, most most states nobody's reopening yet, and everybody's just kind of kicking the can down the road. What do you think happens May fifteenth? Where do you think we're at then? I I mean it's hard to make a prediction obviously but right. I wouldn't be surprised if they give us two more weeks. You think the, you think at, at May 15th you're going to get a 1 June kind of uh, extension? I, I mean the the reason I think that is because like I said I don't know a week or two ago this they've kind of they've kind of done exactly what I thought they were going to do. They they gave us 2 weeks first and then they gave us a month because they were like okay like people can handle 2 weeks at this initial shock and then when all the numbers were really big and they announced it being a month long it was really easy to understand. You know what I mean? Like, well, damn, like this is getting real crazy. A month seems good. Well, month seems good when you're talking about it. And when you're halfway through that month or not even halfway through that month so far, they can't be like, well, it's going to be a whole other month. That's going to freak people out. So they have to say two weeks. And then when we get to the end of that two weeks, they might, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, yeah, we're going to need another two weeks because they, you can keep, you can keep people on a short leash. You know what I mean? Once you give them a long leash, that's when people start to you know, stray, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really mean for that simile to work so well, but it did. Um, (laughs) so, you know, like, I mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, I wouldn't, but moreover, I think what will probably happen is, is they will say, okay, most people have to stay in for two more weeks. However, if you work in this, this, or this industry, you are allowed to go back to, you know, at 30% capacity of, what you were doing and so, they're going to monitor that for two weeks or three weeks and because you know it takes two weeks to you know really see you know results from this it seems like two or three weeks so i think that's what they'll do is they'll they'll keep extending it while gently hopefully gently lightening the restrictions so we're gonna go ahead and, and stop right there and then the next episode we i want to talk to you about the industries that you are are you you are referring to So check back next time and we'll speak about those industries specifically.